Ethiopian researchers discover treatment for coffee wilt disease. In a report by the state-run Ethiopian news agency, researchers at Addis Ababa University in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia's capital, discovered a new medicine that can treat a fungal disease that causes coffee plants to dry. The new treatment primarily prevents coffee wilt disease, CWD. The disease is known to block water from moving up the plant and causes the stem and leaves to dry and may affect a plant in any of its growth stages, namely flowering, fruiting, pre-emergence, seedling, and vegetative growth stage. The medicine will substitute trichoderma that Ethiopia imports to prevent fungal pathogens from spreading and infecting coffee and other plants, said Tesfe Olamu, lead researcher and instructor at the university. Based on the research findings, the medicine will also help prevent other plant diseases and can be used without the need for any chemicals. The components of the new medicine include a biodegradable fungus. A previous research conducted by professors at Jima University in Ethiopia claims that the national incidence and severity of CWD in Ethiopia were 27.9 and 5% respectively, with estimated monetary loss of more than 3.8 million US dollars annually. Olemu expressed hope that the discovery will save the East African country money while also increasing the quality and quantity of coffee production. He stated that the new treatment would be supplied soon, once coffee growers have been taught how to utilize it. The report did not state, however, whether the medicine can treat the plant fungal disease only at its early stage or also at an advanced phase. Center for Agriculture and Bioscience International, a UK-based non-profit organization for scientific research on agriculture and the environment, highlights that to be successful in the management of the disease, early diagnosis is helpful. Information dissemination raises awareness of the symptoms of the disease, which allows for an immediate call to action. According to the Ethiopian Coffee and Tea Authority, the three principal fungal diseases of Arabica coffee are coffee berry disease, CBD, coffee wilt disease, CWD, and coffee leaf rust, CLR, which are lowering coffee production and consumption in the country. Ethiopia is known internationally as the origin of Arabica coffee and for its rich coffee quality and flavors, ranging from winey to fruity and chocolate variants. According to Ethiopia's agriculture ministry, the nation shipped approximately 300,000 metric tons of coffee to the international market in the fiscal year, which ended on July 7, 2022, generating a record-high $1.4 billion annual revenue. Illy Cafe achieves double-digit revenue growth compared to 2021. Christina Scocia, the recently appointed chief executive officer, should be happy with the results delivered, although without taking anything away from her, they are a reflection of events that happened before her tenure. The revenue growth seems to have been driven by the opening of the economy post-COVID. I'm not sure of the level of sales that the hospitality sector contributes toward overall revenues, but I imagine that it was significant. Of course, revenue is only one side of the equation, and costs too have been soaring. However, the company noted that EBITDA still saw growth, although they didn't state how much. We may speculate from the lack of a specific number that it's marginal, and this seems to be borne out with the statement that the year ahead could be more challenging. Going forward, the company's focus is on growth in the US and China. 
Both these markets are so huge, you wonder why it's even debated, yet in fact, they are challenging, require substantial investment, and present a financial risk for getting it wrong. There is a saying in the market about the US being a graveyard for failed European ventures. Yet, fortune favors the bold, and I think Illy is doing the right thing. In the end, it all comes down to execution, and so the next few years will be the true test for Ms. Scotia. During the first half of 2022, Illy Cafe's consolidated revenues grew by 21% compared to 2021. In the hotel, restaurant, and catering channel, revenues benefited from a gradual recovery in out-of-home consumption and saw double-digit growth compared to 2021, narrowing the gap with pre-pandemic levels. This was especially true in Italy, where revenues grew by 30% compared to 2021, thanks to an acceleration in the rate of new client acquisition, particularly in the premium segment, and to an increase in average consumption. Revenues grew compared to 2021 in the home channel as well. In particular, revenues from the online channel grew by 11% compared to 2021, with the United States and China driving growth. In the United States, a priority market of the industrial plan, revenues grew by 34% compared to 2021, thanks to the positive performance of the modern trade, which was due, among other things, to strengthened collaboration with Amazon and recovery in the food service channel. The other markets in which the brand is present also saw significant growth in revenues compared to the previous year. In particular, revenues in China grew by 16% compared to 2021, driven by the online channel. In spite of constant pressure due to increases in the costs of raw materials and logistics costs, EBITDA grew compared to the previous year as it benefited from increased revenues and improved operational efficiency, reflecting a strong strategic focus on long-term drivers of growth. We are pleased with the results achieved in the first half of 2022. The positive performance of all markets underscores the effectiveness of the strategies laid out in the industrial plan, which revolve around international growth, with a focus on the United States and China, which are the markets with the highest potential for us. Revenue increase was supported by all distribution channels, with a good balance between home and out of home. Despite the exponential rise in the cost of raw materials and logistics, EBITDA saw an acceleration, fueled by a rise in revenue and a stronger operational efficiency, reflecting a strong strategic focus on long-term drivers of growth. Such results are a solid base to face a year that we expect to be complex and challenging, especially on the profitability front, due to the growing uncertainty and volatility, related to the macroeconomic context and geopolitical tensions, said Christina Scocia, Chief Executive Officer, Illy Cafe. Nestle hikes prices again. Nestle consumers were subjected to another round of price hikes during the first half of the year, as a result of excessive inflation. Prices increased by 6.5% in the first half overall. The corporation already surprised consumers in late April, with the steepest hike in first-quarter pricing in more than a decade, raising product prices by 5.2%. Nestle's chief executive officer Mark Schneider said the company was implementing price hikes in a responsible manner to help it manage significant and unprecedented cost inflation. Pricing is taking over this year with inflation being so strong. Of course, we are doing everything we can to protect consumers from rising prices, but we have to protect our company too, said Schneider. The food manufacturer now expects organic sales growth of 7-8% this fiscal year, bolstered by price inflation, 
up from earlier estimates of 5% the company said in a statement. Nestlé said that its growth was extensive across geographies and product categories. Confectionery sales had double-digit increases, aided by the demand for KitKat, while coffee sales increased in the high single digits, as people have started to return to cafes and restaurants. In Nestlé's half-year report for the period that ended 30 June 2022, the results highlighted a solid recovery in its out-of-home channels amid the pandemic, alongside growth across Nescafe, Starbucks, and Nespresso brands. Nestlé professional and Starbucks out-of-home product sales increased by double digits in Europe and North America. The Swiss company also reported that Nescafe beverages in Southeast Asia, as well as Nescafe Dolce Gusto, and an expanding selection of Starbucks products in South America, performed strongly. Because food and beverages are considered basic necessities, the food industry is navigating inflation better than businesses selling big-ticket items. However, with inflation yet to peak in many markets, there is a possibility that customers may begin to shift to cheaper brands. Companies like Nestlé are becoming masters of shrinkflation, in which they reduce the size of the product, while often maintaining the size of the packaging, but keeping the price the same, to allow the company to maintain margins, even as costs increase. There is some indication of consumers trading down, according to Schneider, but it is limited to select categories and locations, and it's quite modest. However, he stated that this does not indicate that it would not rise as the year progresses, if customers' finances are further stretched. The Swiss food and beverage company joins Unilever PLC, Danone, and Reckitt Benkisser Group PLC in raising sales projections, as demand for higher-priced items remains strong. Despite that, Nestlé suggested that its profitability could fall for a second year, with an underlying operating profit margin of roughly 17%. It was 17.4% in 2021. Following the announcement, Nestlé stock slid roughly 1.5%. Schneider stated that the reduction in margin is only temporary. In April, he said that the company's margin forecast has become more difficult to meet since Russia invaded Ukraine and inflationary pressures climbed. On 23 March, Nestlé pulled KitKat and Nesquik out of the Russian market, although it continues to sell what it classifies as essential goods. North American shoppers were hit with the biggest price increase, at 9.8% during the first half, while prices in Europe rose by roughly 5%. Despite increased prices, Nestlé said volumes remained resilient. In 2021, coffee generated more than $25 billion, or nearly 27% of Nestlé's sales. Nestlé's newest coffee plant in Mexico boosts Brazil's Robusta. The Switzerland-based multinational food and beverage company Nestlé has recently opened a coffee processing plant in Veracruz, Mexico, which purportedly cost the company $340 million. The Nescafe coffee factory will create 1,200 jobs and enable the company to process about 670,000 bags each year. This establishes Mexico as the company's prominent global coffee processor with the biggest instant coffee plant in the world. The plant is a state-of-the-art facility, using the newest equipment and green energies to reduce water and energy consumption. It also employs wastewater treatment systems to ensure 100% water recirculation, zero wastewater discharges, and zero waste to landfills.
The company didn't disclose the amount of water used, but typically, it's a significant amount. Obtaining a license to operate such a large facility may require the installation of water treatment equipment to prevent an adverse impact, not just on the environment but also on other residents and businesses. The processing facility is, says the company, not only environmentally friendly but also helpful in expanding the number of Mexican coffee producers that Nestle supports and purchases from, bringing the total to around 100,000. The company also promised to source all of its coffee ethically by 2025, most of which is primarily intended for the American and Asian markets. The company says that, through the Nescafe plan, coffee growers from whom Nestle sources have access to the advice of specialists. Nestle's global initiative supports the sustainable production and supply of green coffee, strengthens small producers' production capacity, and promotes the economic and social development of their families and communities. The new plant doesn't only show that Nestle's sales and demand for coffee continue to grow, but also signals a change in the company's sourcing strategy. It uses much of Vietnam's Robusta, but the country is too far away. While Nestle aims to source most of its coffee from Mexican farmers, Robusta production is not enough for its needs. Mexico's coffee crop is projected to produce 3.84 million bags, with only approximately 500,000 bags of Robusta. Meanwhile, Brazil produces around 22.8 million bags of Robusta, and Vietnam with around 30.8 million bags. The company will therefore process coffee imported from Brazil, a more affordable alternative than Vietnamese coffee, and geographically closer as well. In recent years, Mexico has sharply increased Brazilian coffee imports, from only 62,000 bags in 2017, to a record 920,000 bags in 2021, of which 85% were Robusta beans, according to data from exporters group C-Cafe. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has forecast that Brazil's Robusta production will increase 5% this year, reaching an all-time high, as Vietnam inches lower. A Stonex financial analyst, Fernando Maximiliano, said that Brazil will have this opportunity by converting pastures into robusta crops, which Vietnam is struggling with because of a lack of suitable land. OFI completes acquisition of Club Coffee LP. OFI, a global leader in naturally good food and beverage ingredients, is pleased to announce that the acquisition of Club Coffee LP, previously announced on April 26, 2022, was successfully completed. Club Coffee is one of Canada's largest coffee roasters and packaging solutions providers to the at-home segment, serving private label customers and retail brands from its facilities in Toronto. The acquisition of Club Coffee is aligned with OFI's growth strategy to deliver sustainable, natural, value-added food and beverage ingredients and solutions through a diverse channel mix to customers across the globe. The private label and co-manufactured channel is an attractive, high-value, and growing part of OFI's portfolio. I am delighted to welcome Club Coffee into OFI. Bringing together our respective expertise in sustainable sourcing and innovative packaging, we are well positioned to meet the increasing consumer demand in these areas, we expect to bring these benefits to our customers through this exciting combination, said Vivek Varma, Managing Director and CEO, OFI. OFI acquired Club Coffee at an enterprise value of 150 million Canadian dollars, subject to post-closing adjustments.
Excluding acquisition-related costs and charges, the acquisition is expected to be accretive to current-year earnings. On July 14, the Uganda Coffee Development Authority, UCDA, posted a tender for advisory transaction services for a soluble coffee processing plant in the papers. The full tender document can also be found on the Bartok's article or on the organization's website. A number of key government officials, including President Yoweri Museveni, have endorsed a contract between the Ugandan government, signed by Finance Minister Mattia Kasaja, and the Uganda Vinci Coffee Company, UVCC, chaired by Italian businesswoman Enrica Pinetti. The ministers have maintained that the deal is legally binding as it meets all the criteria of the country's Investment Code Act. In cross-referencing this act in an earlier article, we noted that the government is very flexible in determining whether the requirements are met. However, this law states that there must be a business plan or feasibility study. We pointed out in the same article that it would be relatively easy to publish the study in full transparency so that its arguments for UVCC could be supported by empirical evidence. That did not happen, instead, the government now says it will tender for a consultant to do a feasibility study. The contradiction is obvious. But as the online news website, The Independent, reports, the Turkish corporation Baylor also wants to throw its hat into the ring. Following a meeting with President Musovini, the company expressed interest in a number of deals in the country, including a coffee processing plant. President Musovini has also ordered that the company be given 15 hectares of land to build a hospital in Entebbe. This is deja vu with Pinetti, whose company was also supposed to build a hospital in Luboa in 2019. Three years later, the foundation has still not been laid. Robert Kabushenga is a coffee farmer and writes regularly for The Independent. Kabushenga wrote an article on July 29 with 12 excellent points that every observer of the Ugandan coffee industry should read. If the Ugandan government is serious about its desire to develop the industry, it would be a good start to address the issues and questions raised in Kabushenga's article. <laughs>